Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. Pea Soupers, we've made it. We've made it all the way to Episode 10, and I'm well chuffed about that. And thanks very much for your company along the way. Really appreciate it. This week we have Episode 2 of my interview with Dr. Paul Flaxman, my boss at uni, and Dr. Joe Oliver. We talk about the versatility of the ACT model. We talk about some hot topics, including RFT, which is relational frame theory. Paul talks a bit about the data from our recent research. And we talk about how we market courses like this. Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. Pea Soupers, we've made it all the way to Episode 10 of Season 2. I'm well chuffed about that, and thank you very, very much for your company along the way. This week, it's part two of my chat with Dr. Paul Flaxman and Dr. Joe Oliver. We cover a whole range of topics, including the versatility of the ACT model, some hot topics, including relational frame theory and some data from our research. We also talk about our upcoming workshop. Me and Paul are running a workshop for our Act in the Workplace protocol and we reveal a voucher code to get 10% off that workshop. As you would expect from gentlemen of this calibre, we have a couple of cracking takeaways from Paul and Joe. So, I'm saving reviews and news for a future episode, so sit back, stand up, walk, whatever you want to do, and listen on. Hope you enjoy it. My, so th- I think this is maybe the interesting thing about you and I, Paul, is that obviously we're friends and we've known each other a while now. Um, but your role as an you know, occupational psychologist and me as a clinical psychologist mm. uh, and the, uh, sort of the differences and the convergence that come along with that, uh, that we, we bring to the picture. Mm. So w- with your uh, workplace intervention... And protocol, and then our so that's myself and colleagues Louise Johns and Emma mm. Donahue and Eric Morris. We worked over many years developing an act for psychosis protocol, uh, and the convergence there is quite spooky. Mm. I suspect you guys probably stole quite a lot from us. Advice, <laughs> 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 yeah. But it sort of points to, of course, this transdiagnostic, you know, also known mm. as versatile model mm. that articulates common processes and therefore we can do these things. Mm. Do you think it's ACT that brings that people together from different disciplines, psychologists? Do you think it's the ACT model that brings people together? Y- yeah, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think it's, it's versatility, mm. you know, that we've got educational psychologists, counselling mm. psychologists, psychotherapists from different backgrounds, um, all see the benefit of this approach because I think it's showing how to relate to the human condition. Yeah. That's what we often say. Yeah, this link with Joe's really interesting for us as well because we've got this skills-based group program and um, MIND, the mental health charity, City and Hackney and Walden Forest now are really interested in ACT. And... Um, they brought Joe and myself in together and we're working together to help them develop uh, a group format program and one-to-one program uh, based on the ACT approach for lower intensity mental health problems. So that's really exciting for me to see mm. our, our skills-based program being used in more clinical settings. 
any any hot topics, anything that you've sort of alighted upon in recent weeks or months? Anything you think, God, this is invigorating my practice or this is a new exciting thing? Uh, yes. Not in, most, in recent months, but certainly in the recent years, which mm. is uh, RFT, Relational Frame right. Theory. Uh, we, we talk lots about it. Uh, since there was a conference in, uh, in Washington that we went to 2012, mm. good memory, and I saw uh, Von Barnes Holmes uh, have a uh, something of a heated panel debate with, well, I only remember her and Steve Hayes and her thumping the table as my dramatic memory remembers it and t- saying tearing down the hexaflex and saying how it didn't uh, reticulate well with basic processes that the RFT labs were identifying and this was it was probably a little bit of rhetoric at the time and made for a very good engaging panel debate uh, and of course the picture was much more complex since then, I've been deeply interested in RFT and thinking lots about uh, what it brings to the picture. And uh, looking to answer this question, aside from, from being uh, geekily interested in it, uh, what does it really bring to the table? Uh, I hear this question being asked a lot, and uh, I sort of recognise it having asked it myself. Uh, and I sometimes get a bit frustrated by it because I just think it just so brings so much and so interesting. And as a theory, does enormous amounts as a theory should opening doors and thinking about new ways of looking at mm. things one of the areas that uh, we have been looking at it is with areas uh, like self-esteem so self-esteem you know, if that's the kind of the common parlance for self-issues self-related issues mm. self-esteem is a bit of a hairy term really it's kind of for all sorts of reasons uh, but unpacking that and thinking about how we do the selfing business uh, relational frame theory offers so much to understanding that and it's particularly some of the complexities for me in my clinical work like working with folks with uh, psychosis dissociative problems um, personality or interpersonal problems like getting on with other human beings I mean, you know this is, it's the stuff of humanity right uh, and the problems that come with that is a deep and, and painful when that gets in the way so how, how RFT shines a light on that and how uh, we can think about that selfing issue in a, in a functional and practical way is, is yeah, hugely illuminating. And you've got a, a webinar coming up, don't you? Yeah. On RFT, which I need to sign up to. Are there, are there limited places? or <laughs> Very limited. <laughs> it's very exclusive. <laughs> um, it's a webinar, so now we can, we can take all comers. Excellent. I'll yeah. put the link on the show notes for this episode. So. Cool. Thank you very much. That is, uh, part of that is, comes from uh, my work with Rich Bennett, uh, who's a psychologist up in Birmingham. Um, and we, together, him and I, we've in fact got a, a book coming out uh, on self-esteem, so using some of these principles. <clears throat> It's a self-help book, so we are really interested in distilling this stuff down to make it uh, understandable and useful for people who have absolutely no no knowledge and probably no interest in things like RFT mm-hmm. uh, and how we can make that useful. So th- this is the webinar. This is I'm certainly not uh, I'm not an academic. Uh, I'm not uh, an RFT complete nerd or geek. I don't have tons of training in it, but I'm really interested, and I'm very interested in being able to convey what I've learned to. Uh, to other folk so it's like my two two or three hour attempt at that brilliant doing that work I'll see you there (laughs) thank you
Paul, anything anything from you on current stuff that's grabbed your yeah, attention? Yeah, I think thinking about the data that um, we've been analysing and yeah. we're going to be publishing in, in <clears> due <throat> course. Due course. Yeah. Could you um, put a date on due course, Paul? Just uh, trying to write out the papers at the moment. PC, as Paul, is always very difficult to pin down on dates, so hence this... Political manoeuvring? Political <laughs> manoeuvring to try and get him to record a date. But he never will. I know I'm that. being ganged up on here. I think yeah. most listeners will be able to sense that. Then they'll write in and complain yeah. that we, you were being bullied. Right. Right. There's right. a lot of things thing about bullying in academia at the moment. Yeah, I saw it in the is newspaper. This, yeah. Is this it life? Well, <laughs> I have to say, for the record, my department is very friendly and uh, yeah, I haven't experienced anything like that. So. Is, is, is it sometimes warranted though? When, when other, other professionals have been waiting for how many years? Ooh. <laughs> oh, things are eating up. Yeah, oh. that was good. I, I, I work well off a bit of pressure. It's suddenly <laughs> ramped up over the last week. I've noticed. <laughs> the last um, hour. But yeah, about, about the data, just to change the subject as quickly as possible. Uh, a couple of, in fact, some of the findings we presented in um, Montreal yeah. at, the, at the ACT conference. I think one of the things I've got really excited about is we started to look at what are ACT's mechanisms at different stages of the evaluation process? Because a lot of our research has been, oh, okay, psychological flexibility mediates an ACT intervention, generally speaking. But we started to, to look at, say, well, at time one, just after the intervention, what's the mechanism at work there? How about three months after the intervention, six months after mm. the intervention? And, yeah, a couple of findings uh, have come out that suggest that Helping people take small actions connected to their personal values is a powerful mechanism quite early in the evaluation process. Mm. And the kind of mindfulness acceptance processes, like diffusion, becomes a more powerful process further on. So what we're talking about at the moment is those mindfulness processes are quite subtle. They take Mm. a little bit of time to emerge and and influence people's well-being. And we're seeing that in, in a few data sets. So... Yeah, I'm excited about that. It's a consistent mm. picture emerging, which I think speaks to how we design these interventions to make sure some valued action encouragement is up front and it's mm. happening quite early in the programme. So, you know, can we just sort of free riffy here a little bit? Yeah, yeah, just sort of, uh, I, I think that's... When I think about put my clinical hat on and work with folks who, uh, who are stuck, I'd be really interested if we could tease that data apart and pull out those that were particularly stuck. Because I wonder if you would get a picture where that sort of valued, valuing effect would come online a little bit later. Because one thing I notice when people are really stuck, like typically asking about values in the first session, you get lots of like, I don't know, mm. either because they legitimately don't or it's just too big and scary to think about you know, moving towards values and, uh, or they just haven't had the opportunities in life to really consider values. Like it's nearly a bit like it's sort of. I wonder if it'll be reversed. Like mm. the mindfulness acceptance pieces would processes would come on mm. earlier to create that flexibility, and then you'd see the, the values work like mm. legitimately, genuinely hit impactfully harder later on. It's mm. an interesting idea. We could test it even in our data that, and it does speak to the difference between delivering this type of intervention in mm. the workplace, where mm. people generally are functioning better. Not everybody, but many compared to a clinical setting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's an interesting point too, right? Like in our mm. study, with uh, our study, you know, the, 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 how do we call that? The, the Mental Health NHS Trust Study. Mm. Uh, and there's a significant 
group there that were pretty distressed. Mm. Uh, and from listening to you both talk about your workplace uh, work and data, that's not that uncommon, is it? Mm. It's, it's quite surprising, I think, uh, uh, to hear the, the amount of distress that goes on in, within the workplace. Yeah, I mean, our data suggests that about 50% of the people who volunteer for the ACT interventions, mindfulness interventions, are in a kind of clinical threshold. It's not unusual. And I like that because these are people often who won't necessarily refer themselves for psychotherapy, Mm. but they would step forward for this type of workplace training. So I think it's why these workplace interventions are particularly important. And it's why the marketing is so important for it to try and capture that this is skills training, it's not group therapy. Mm. Yeah. But I think if we can attract people, I think. Yeah. And we said that. Sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm just looking at all the students around here, and the, the universities now are very interested in adopting the same approach for student mental health, which is very mm. much more on the agenda now. Yeah. Whether these skills based group programs could be a, a good offering to students, yeah. I think uh, I, I think I like the word marketing. I, I mm. think that's important. I feel therapists and psychologists probably are not don't always think about marketing. Mm. Sounds like a bit of a dirty word, like we're selling our product. Yeah, I think marketing though is speaking to people, uh, meeting them where they're at, and saying, "I have this this tool mm. here. I think it could work for the situation that you're you're in. You're stuck in." Uh, and I can help you think about the application of that, mm. whatever it is. You know, speaking to the person where they are, and therapy for a lot of folks is really excluding. It just comes with so many connotations. Comes with stuck and broken, damaged, mm. uh, need of serious help. Uh, a lot of folks it doesn't, but there's some that it does, and it just mm. automatically excludes them. And that's why I really like that skills building. Mm. Uh, approach. The labelling is difficult, isn't it? I mean, over the years we've called our program personal resilience training. Yet, last year or so, we've had a lot of pushback on that, particularly from the NHS, where I think resilience is beginning to take on some unhelpful meanings. Mm. I think it's yeah. spreading to other organisations too. Yeah, people see resilience as oh, so you're just going to give me some skills so I can do more work with less resources and less colleagues. Yeah, so you can just whip me to within an inch of my life. But you'll get more out of me. This is the, this is the evolving thing, though. I remember yeah. back in when I did my PhD back in New Zealand, which was about you know stress management. Same mm-hmm. thing then, stress management. I remember when I first started, it was the in vogue thing. People talk, talk yeah. about it a lot, and then it became out of vogue because exactly the same connotation. It was okay. You're going to do an intervention with me to make me stay in my uh, in unhelpful working mm-hmm. conditions longer than I would otherwise. This is yeah. this is the organisation you know crushing the life out of me. Mm-hmm. Which I think this always points to these the the what would you call it not the limitations of the there is in a part of the limitations of a psychological intervention that we need to be careful about mm. uh, pointing the finger to say the individual is the, the source of the problem mm. and I know you guys of course we, we that's not what we're saying mm. but it's it's the message that goes mm. along with it and being you know be able to skillfully communicate about yeah. what we do so you know you know stress management out of vogue resilience out of vogue and then mm. whatever new term that'll soon be out of vogue as people wrestle with this yeah. languaging I think some organisations don't like mindfulness they yeah, say absolutely. that wouldn't go down well with our people who act as a mindful based yeah. protocol but Paul a couple of things coming up mm-hmm. can we say anything about our training at Bart's that project yeah, I think, well, it relates to the students that yeah. we spoke about before. So um, 
Yeah, a lot of interest in using the group act approach for nursing students because um, you know, nurses are being trained in universities to go into very difficult environments, very pressured mm. environments, particularly in the current climate. So yeah, about arming them with some good emotion regulation skills, ability to relate skillfully to their inner world mm. as much as their outer world. Um, yeah, and other universities outside this one have been in touch around, could we offer this type of programme to students? So that, for me, is, is where we're getting most interest at the mm. moment, around student mental health. Yeah. I think that's, that's really exciting for, the, for professions like nursing and also maybe teaching. If we can get these skills in soon, it will impact on retention. And, and there's retention issues in nursing and teaching. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a, there's a big issue. There are various reasons for it, mm. not just to do yeah. with resilience and well-being, but it seems to be one, one of the reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And the other thing was, me and Paul have a workshop coming up next year in March, Indeed. working with Joe. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's no uh, chance to, to host the, the, you two good gentlemen. Uh, letting the spotlight shine on you both. Excellent. Sounds quite alarming. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are already talking about outfits. But, um, You've been talking about outfits a lot. Okay. I haven't I've been, been talking about outfits. Paul hasn't mentioned outfits at all. I'm interested in the content of the two days <laughs> rather than how I look. That's okay. the difference you're just, you're just highlighting my superficiality, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. That's fine. That's fine. We'll see you on the day. See <laughs> who's <laughs> so looking the sharpest. Who's nailed the look and who hasn't? I think we're going to be dressed as... Garfunkel, Simon and Garfunkel. Possibly. That was your idea last week. I don't know whether you've gone off that. But um, I'll put all the details of that on the show notes. But I think the exciting things are that you can attend live, in person, in the room with me and Paul. And we're going to be talking you through our protocol to for ACT in the Workplace, by the way. It's a train, train the trainer event. Mm-hmm. And, but you can also join virtually. Absolutely, yeah. So the uh, the modern world allows people from around the whole world to come and view, uh, which is uh, this. The workshop will be filmed uh, and live broadcasted. So this is a, a live interactive webcast, as it's called. So not a webinar webcast. So the audience will be there. The two of you will be doing your your thing, a bit of razzle dazzle, and uh, people can come along. It's it, it's we've been using this the last eighteen months, and I have to say it's amazing technology. And for those that can't get there, there will be, I know there will, there already are people who have signed up from around the world, uh, be able to come and see uh, and participate in the, uh, in the workshop in a really meaningful way. So you can, you can watch it on your phone, you could be at home watching it, you could be wow. at work, you could be travelling. If you've got a Wi-Fi access, you can, you can join the workshop. It's incredible. It's really wow. amazing. Wow. I can see why you're worried about what you're going to be wearing. Hell yeah. You're going to go global. Yeah. <laughs> and professional cameras and stuff like that. Yeah. Studio it's lights. Studio. It's all oh, happening. Do we, get do we have a makeup artist? Do we have a makeup artist? For you guys? Yes, of course. <laughs> Good. I'm interested in contouring. Yeah. <laughs> Which is to say you both need it. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Um... Okay, so I guess it would be useful to have the dates for our workshop next year. Yes, so that is the 14th and 15th of March. I know that sounds like a long way away, and it is, six months. However, having said that, tickets are going fast. Okay. And early indicators from, from running this from this workshop compared to other ones we've run, this is, this is popular. So if you are intending to come along live, I would probably get in early. 
it's a bit like a take that concert, really. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> um, and we've got a special offer, a surprise for our P-Supers, I believe. Indeed, yeah. We can offer a discount. Yes, so uh, for P-Supers who are going to join the workshop, we're offering a 10% discount uh, for places for the workshop. Uh, and I, Ross, I believe you'll have the details available. Yeah, I'll put them on the show notes, but there'll be a... I guess a voucher code to use, which they approach yes. your good selves with, contextual yep. consulting, and the voucher code will be people soup, originally soup. enough. And as I say, we'll put all the details on the, the show notes so you can get that ten percent discount. Bargain. Bargain. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean it's it's this is um, I am legitimately and genuinely excited about this. Uh, we have been working on this workshop happening for many many months maybe years yeah um, so it's exciting and i know people are super keen for this uh really really excited and the, the two of you have been traveling right throughout the uk i hear about it all the time like i i do a lot of training and move around and you know talk to people about act and they're always talking about you guys and the, this protocol is it's really exciting stuff mm. and you very generously give it away train people for free and you know it's just amazing i think it's you're mm. having such an impact in the uk and the world as well. People oh. around the world who are picking this protocol up and running with it. It's incredible. Yeah, there you thank go. you. Thumbs up. Big yeah. thumbs up from me. Thanks, Cheers, Joe. Yeah. And thanks for organizing the discount as well. Really appreciate that. Okay, chaps. So we're coming to the end of this podcast appearance. But what I like to ask my guests is, do they have a takeaway they could share with us? Anything current that's on your mind? A little exercise we could try at home? Anything we could maybe have a go at? For me, okay, so I've got one. It's a metaphor. Right. It's inspired a little bit. As we're talking, I have my brand new <coughs> MacBook Pro sitting in front of me, uh, which I'm very excited about. Mm. And, uh, I wondered why you've got that out. You're just showing off. Basically yeah. showing off. Yeah, I don't really need it there at all. Nice one. Uh, and it made me think a little bit about... Uh, uh, computers and although it doesn't actually happen on MacBooks, uh, the pop-up ads it does sometimes. You get those pop-up ads that oh, yeah. happen on Facebook or uh, or when you're surfing and ads that pop up. Uh, and I think that's a really nice metaphor for our minds at work for a couple of reasons. Firstly, pop-up ads they work like uh, they work to grab our attention, mm. so they say things that are uh, whatever they are. They're very attention grabbing by definition so they'll say things big and bold that are dramatic or scary or they'll be sort of quiet and um, insinuate things whatever they are they're kind of designed to draw our attention in and a bit like pop-ups one of the things that doesn't help was when you click frantically trying to get them away uh, those are the situations where it tends to generate even more the trick with with uh, within this metaphor and, and working with minds is to be able to observe them, notice the way in which they're designed to pull our attention in, uh, and mindfully take note of that and return our attention back to the task at hand. Uh, I think that's a, it's a really nice metaphor for for minds at work. So my my invitation mm. is to P Supers is to uh, over the next day uh, just gently and uh, with with warm curiosity observe your mind at work and notice the pop up ads. Uh, it's offering and, and the things it's trying to sell you. Yeah, love that. That that really resonates with me. I'm going to give that a go. Thank you very much. Great. Paul, follow that. Yeah, that's <laughs> a tricky one. Yeah, well, I think about this word noticing. 
that you've yeah. mentioned there. And, uh, if we think about what we're training in mm. these act interventions, the core skill is this skill of noticing. And my invitation to your P-supers is see if you can notice when your behavior is moving you towards in the direction of what's important to you, what matters, mm. or who's important to you, who matters. And starting to get a feel almost in the body of what it feels like when you're moving towards what matters uh, and what it feels like when you're not doing that. And if you think about a home practice that we invite our participants to do, we just invite people to notice one towards move each day mm. in the week, just to get uh, better at this ability to notice when we're moving towards what matters and when we're not. Love it. Thank you very much. And that's something we talk about in our training a lot, that, that sense of just noticing the move towards. Mm. Love it. So boys... That's kind of the end. That's not kind of the end. That is the end of this episode. <laughs> what a couple of pros. <laughs> Thank you so much for Are your... Are you going to cut Joe out? Most of that. <laughs> Turn the volume up. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Um, it's been great to talk to you. I've learned stuff about you as well that I didn't know. So that's wonderful. I think people will really enjoy this episode. So thanks very much for coming along. Thanks, Pleasure. For, having thanks for having us. Yeah. P-Supers, there you have it. It's in the bag. I'd like to sincerely thank Paul and Joe for coming along, their willingness to chat, their openness, and their generosity in sharing. You know I love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, please do on email at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com. On Twitter, you can follow us at peoplesouppod, and you can follow the show on Instagram at people.soup. I'd like to thank Andy Glenn for his spoon magic, as ever. And most of all, I'd like to thank you, the listeners, dear P-Supers. Thanks very much for listening to this one. Have a great week and look forward to speaking very soon. Take care and bye for now. Can I I'll just, I'll just mention the date as well? I get 14th and 15th of March. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. hang on. 14th and 15th of March? <laughs> So you're on your own, right? <laughs> World domination at last. <laughs> Flaxman who? <laughs> <laughs>